Hello, Dr. Yeah. Schiller. Can you hear me? Uh, yes. Oh, fantastic. Well, doctor, I want to thank you uh, again and again. Uh, Dr. Schiller, I want to basically emphasize uh, in the past few years how important our relationship has been. As you know, you're so popular with Persian community all over the United States that is beyond imagination. Okay. <laughs> the, the peace of mind you have brought to our clients uh, with history of returns, incredible returns, and amazing talents that you have in forecasting economy. I don't know what else to say about you on behalf of economics and family and thousands of investors. I want to thank you for your contribution, doctor. Uh, you have opened up many, many opportunities personally for me. And I just want to tell you, Dr. Schiller, job well done. <laughs> okay, well, that's nice to hear. <laughs> and I, I hope to see you again in Los Angeles. It's been a while, so we look forward to that day. All right. Doctor, that being said, I got a couple of questions that I want to ask you. Dr. Schiller, what do you think about the economy today? Please share with us insight on where you see we are heading from here on. Well, we are in a period of recovery from a COVID-19 crisis. And uh, the question is whether we'll be on trend again. I think the, the bigger question is uh, what are the transformations of our working and patterns of uh, investment going to have uh, after we've learned uh, from the crisis? A lot of us will be staying home most, most of the days of the week and commuting into work only occasionally. So uh, it's going to change the prices of investment assets, but it will also change and, I think, improve our lives. Uh, we don't have to live close to work anymore. E even in some cases, we can work in another state than we're living in. So families don't have to be disrupted by the business job market. You can stay close to your family and, and work online. So I think it will be a leading to a better world. We've learned from this experience. Beautiful, beautiful. Doctor, this is a totally different economy we're dealing with. Are we ever going to go back to where we were before? What is your anticipation on that? Well, we won't go back to where we were before. <laughs> I think maybe we'll manage to avoid inflation, although huge inflation, although that's still a risk, uh, but I think probably not. And... Uh, you know, we're also going through a more basic transformation due to information technology and artificial intelligence. <clears throat> and that's changing the relative valuation of our different experiences. Uh, used to be uh, we needed librarians, for example. <laughs> it used to be that a taxi driver had to know the streets. <laughs> and uh, Not anymore <laughs> with GPS. So things are changing that I think are a little scary. And, and uh, people have been scared about the uh, what's called technological unemployment. They've been worrying about that uh, for, well, effectively for hundreds of years. But it's happening at a higher rate now. Some of us are winners and some of us are losers in this game. And that's big. Uh, it hasn't been talked about a huge amount during COVID-19, but I think it will return as people see the labor market changing dramatically. Very good, doctor. Thank you so much. Doctor, there's not a day, there is not a day that I go to work and somebody doesn't ask the next question from me. And I always tell myself, who else can answer this question better than Dr. Robert Schiller, who <laughs> okay. manages the Case Schiller Index? So doctor, here's my next question. 
Given the current real estate environment, what is your outlook for residential and commercial markets? Okay. The answer depends on location. Uh, and, uh, I, you know, I produced the Case Seller Index, uh, now used by S&P and CoreLogic. But I didn't do it on necessarily, I've done it, do it for metro areas. And it doesn't necessarily, price changes aren't uniform across metro areas. So downtown residential space may be less demand, office space uh, in less demand, but not everywhere. So, for example, in New York, uh, one Vanderbilt, is a new building that just went up, is getting a lot of demand for its uh, space. But for a good reason, it's right across the street from the major Grand Central Terminal, the railway terminal. So uh, glamorous, new, uh, and easy-to-get-to commercial real estate in, in cities is still strong. But it's the other stuff, not so great. And there, I, I think the outlook isn't good. The same is true for homes. You know, a lot of center city uh, dwellings had high prices because of uh, uh, demand to be close to work. But uh, that extra demand is not as strong now. So I think there might be declines in home prices coming up. And that is a bit of a worry. If you really want the home, and this is your life ahead that you're planning, I, w- I would go ahead and buy. But if you're on the margin and not sure, you might not... <laughs> Uh, you might not. You might wait a while. Hmm. So, doctor, I mean, nobody knows about the future, obviously. But could it get as bad as two thousand nine? <laughs> I know that's really a wild question I'm asking, yeah. but I don't know. Could it get that bad, or you don't anticipate that? Well, two thousand nine. Yeah. Well, we will have something like that eventually. <laughs> <laughs> two thousand nine is not the worst. The Great Depression tops that by a wide margin. Uh, well, 2007 through nine was it's only a few years. You know, it's not so bad. Now, I think home prices might fall in coming years. They don't fall quickly like the stock market, but they're not anywhere close to doing that right now. I think some people are thinking the Fed has just decided to loosen its support for long-term borrowing. So maybe one should jump now and buy into the housing market. Uh, that's an interesting thought. Interest rates are probably going to go up. But offsetting that, of course, is that home prices might well go down. So it's hard to know where to go. I, I really think people should look in their hearts. Do you really want a home now? And if you really want to do that, well, go ahead and do it. You might lose money, but, you know, money isn't everything. <laughs> so for average family that real estate portfolio is the most valuable part of their portfolio, would you say to be on the safe side, maybe to take some equity out? Or that's not something that you forecast to be the case? Well, take, you mean take a, uh, home equity and borrow against it? No, just park the money somewhere you know, safe just to see where we're heading. Because they asked me that question, and yeah. I just want to address that to you. Well, the problem at this point is that all asset, major asset classes are highly priced. The stock market, the bond market, and the real estate market. So it is a, a turning point, un, unsettled time. 
there's also the rest of the world. Uh, the U.S. market is one of the most highly priced stock markets in the world, and we're going through a real estate boom that puts us up pretty high. It's kind of remarkable if you look at a plot of the data. It, it, things are zooming up now. So you do have to worry, but I don't know what more to do than to diversify and hold uh, the different asset classes. Uh, they won't all perform the same. And that's old homespun advice. Maybe you need a financial advisor. Too. <laughs> Doctor, one more question on real estate, and then we go to the next question, if you don't mind. Yeah. Uh, let's see if the, the real estate prices start you know, going down. Let's say the prices get adjusted. Would you see a commercial real estate going first and then residential, or residential goes first and then commercial? Yeah, uh, well, I, I don't have a precise answer to that, but maybe commercial uh, will lead the down. But again, it'll be in certain places and not everywhere. So one has to be careful in researching it. When you make an investment in one house or one office space, you're betting on a, a very focused, small part of the, of the market. And, uh, you know, it could be a good bet uh, even, even now. Dr. Real Estate is so crazy in California, as you know. Uh, the station that I'm talking to you is by Universal Studios. It's called Studio City. A hole in the wall <laughs> is going for over a million dollars. Literally, you cannot walk in space-wise, but the prices has gone to roof. So anyways, it's not realistic what we're experiencing right now. So, Doctor, my next question, what are the key narratives occurring with taxes? Because taxes has become a big issue. Should families be concerned with the increase of taxes or inheritance? Yeah, no, I'm not a tax expert, but I, I think there is cause for concern. Inequality is rising, and that has created a, a political backlash. And general public doesn't use the word inequality that much, but they are concerned that we're seeing the, the top 0.1% owning a substantial fraction of the national wealth. And it doesn't seem right. But it also doesn't seem right to tax people on their lifetime savings. You know, someone worked hard for... 50 years and finally is enjoying retirement, it seems unfair to take it away at the end with a punitive wealth tax. So wealth taxes are not, or billionaires taxes, are not a sure thing. But there is some reason to think that there will be tax increases on higher income people because the inequality is insufferable, really. And doctor, taxes going higher, would you elaborate the effect on the economy? Because it might not be a good time for taxes to go up, or it's irrelevant. I, you know, I, I don't have precise knowledge of the future for taxes, but I think there is some reason to be concerned about your bequest to your children. These bequests might be uh, taxed more heavily in the future. Maybe one needs to reflect that uh, the importance of family outweighs the importance of keeping your billion dollars intact. We'll be all right. It'll be uh, maybe less tolerant of super rich, and that might be reflected in taxes. Well, luckily, we do have some um, strategies in estate planning that we could overcome that. So thank you so much, doctor. Uh, it's always a pleasure asking you questions and getting your insight. Uh, we will go to the next question. All right. Uh, doctor, next question is about the stock market. Well, the stock market volatility obviously can be unpredictable. 
And are there any events uh, you predict that it might impact the volatility in the near future in the stock market? Well, I wrote a book called Narrative Economics, and I think that often the events are changes in the narrative or the story that affects people's thinking. So the, the story that we are going through a bubble is a narrative that brings back memories of other times. We, we heard, like 1929, if I, if I dare utter the word, which was the biggest stock market crash. So, you know, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, the president, in his inaugural address, 1933, said, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. So big changes in markets are often of a highly psychological nature. People feel right now they're pretty secure. They, they don't see people acting that scared. Maybe you hear it. Maybe that fear is growing. And there could be a sudden drop in the market, uh, which is interpreted as the end. So in October 28, 1929, the stock market dropped suddenly. And, and people knew that that was the biggest one-day drop in history. So people suddenly thought everyone's getting afraid, and they continued to sell. Uh, right after October 28, 1929, uh, I looked up church sermons. <laughs> uh, sermons were telling you, don't be greedy. We've, we've, uh, we've just gone through the roaring 20s, and uh, it, it's, been, uh, it's been crazy. But when finally we're waking up, and that story just took hold, and uh, it led to more drops and more drops over a period of years. So I don't think we're there yet. There could be a reaction to a bad day in the markets, or something else in a story tied in maybe with political stories. We're a very politicized country right now. It's crazy, Doctor. The P's on some of these stocks, it's like unbelievable. Uh, it reminds me of the book that I read from you many years ago, Irrational Exuberance. <laughs> yeah. Would you say we are in that same frame of mind right now with the stock market? Yeah, I mean, if you look at a plot on my website, you can find a plot of real stock prices. It's really going up. Really. <laughs> it's something. In terms of ratios, it's not at its all-time peak. The highest was in 1999. Oh, I have something called the CAPE ratio, cyclically adjusted price earnings ratio, and that ratio uh, reached its its highest point. Uh, we're not there yet. So you know, it might be like we're 1927, <laughs> two oh. years before the crash. <laughs> I don't think our economy can take another crash like that. Hopefully, that's not the case. <laughs> But I don't like to bring, it's actually a rare crash. The, the 1929 crash was the biggest economic crisis in U.S. history. So I'm not predicting something that bad. But it could, uh, it wouldn't be surprising if, if it uh, uh, declined more. On the other hand, you know, the stock market has had such good returns over the last 100 or 200 years that, you know, maybe you, you want to keep something in the market. Just don't overdo it in one, especially in one stock, or uh, it can go suddenly awry. Doctor, nobody's talking about gold. Is gold out of favor, or do you see the potential in gold, given the fact that we have inflation? Yeah, uh, the, uh, the gold narrative has uh, come and gone uh, in the past. Uh, it, it was tied into the gold rush, that's kind of the Los Angeles area, the Southern California or Northern California story from 1848, 49. 
Uh, and those stories start to circulate again about crazy. Everyone wanted to get gold from California back then. <laughs> there was a mass migration into California. didn't turn out well. Most of them didn't make any money doing that. Uh, so I don't think people are talking about the gold. You know what? During the gold rush, they didn't talk about the gold rush. They talked about gold. They didn't see it as a bubble uh, until later. Uh, the narrative about gold is not that strong right now. Uh, but it, it could, there could be a boom and bust. I can't predict these changing stories. How about the oil price, doctor? What do you think about the oil price? Well, that's another highly politicized thing now. And uh, we're seeing this conference in Scotland, the uh, COP, uh, was it 26? Focusing a lot of attention on policy toward oil. And it may get taxed more because we want to slow it down. And that wouldn't be good for oil prices. Not for the, 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 what the oil companies receive. Thank you so much, doctor. My next question is about inflation. The inflation obviously is basically out of hand. I'm referring to California that uh, we're pumping gas over $5. Given the, the inflation and the issue with the supply chains, what effect will it have on our everyday lives? Are we heading towards stagflation by any chance? Yes. Stagflation uh, was a, combines the words stagnation and inflation. That was coined, that term was coined in the 1970s or thereabouts when we had a pair of big recessions uh, in the 70s and 80s. But before that, we had stagflation. They just didn't have a word for it. In the, in the Great Depression, we had inflation sometimes, and it was a horrible uh, economic uh, condition. So stagflation is a concern that has developed uh, and there's a narrative about that, that it, it represents a fundamental failure of the economy. Stagflation narratives are not as strong now uh, as they were in the 70s or 80s. So back then, if you go back and read newspapers from the great inflation, it's called, when we had double-digit consumer price inflation, they were very alarmist about it. This is the end of our democracy, our civilization. They sounded like some people talk about global warming today or uh, COVID-19. They saw inflation as this terrible threat. But in fact, you know, some people benefit from inflation. If you are a homeowner with a, a mortgage, uh, the real value of your mortgage will decline with inflation and you'll be better off. It's not so clear. Inflation benefits some people and harms others. You could try to put yourself on the side of uh, benefiting from inflation. That's what many people are doing buying a house now. Well, Doctor, thank you so much. Like always, we really enjoy talking to you. On behalf of all of the uh, listeners and investors, I want to thank you again. Doctor, I have a slogan that I always finish my radio program with that, if I may say that. Yeah. I always say to my clients and my listeners, your biggest asset is your health and do not jeopardize your health for wealth. So that That's being said, <laughs> that being said, I want to wish you a, a great time and thank you so much for giving this opportunity. Like always, we are grateful and have a wonderful day, doctor. All right. Same to you. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.